hi, Mika Michaela. It's really hi. nice to meet you. It's, it's really like cool. So weird to meet you because I don't think you understand. Like, I was a number one fangirl. Like, I found you when I think you were at like 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, so I was like oh pretty early. And I remember I like showed you to my friends and I was like, this girl has it going on. Like, she is so cool. And then it's like so cool to just, you know, see where you've gone from there. And I like, I was going through our DMs and I had messaged you like, I think maybe like June of last year. Did I reply? Because I, I try to reply, but my, <laughs> I am I suck at managing DMs. Girl, you reply. <laughs> and you just sent me this video of your face like super close up and you were just like, <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it was amazing. And it's funny because like I do that to people too. Like I'll send okay, like really, good. really funny um, messages back. And I just, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Like it's great to hear back from like people that you don't really expect to hear back from, like your favorite artist or something like that. I remember like I started doing like sending little like snippets of videos to people or at least like replying to people when um when I experienced the same thing myself. I was like obsessed with this artist called Nick Lang mm -hmm. and I just like sent him a DM saying like, "Oh my gosh, I am obsessed with your latest song." And he, like, I did not expect anything to, like, come back. But he sent me, like, a, like a recording of, like, from his studio, recording with his producer and stuff. And <laughs> oh it was just God. like, oh, my God. I am freaking out. And I made, like, 16 stories afterwards, like, freaking out about it. Uh, so it's just great, isn't it? It's just great to hear back. Um, I, I guess I, I don't, it, it doesn't always, like, lead to talking to people, actually, like, on like here what we're doing right now but i was like i i checked out your profile i don't know like how, how i didn't check it out before um but then like oh my gosh your dances like ballet and you're like oh my god i gotta talk to this girl she's so cute um, so. <laughs> yeah so i was like and i'm also like so i've been learning dancing as well i'm don't <gasps> I'm like, you're a dancer. No. I'm like, I'm dancing. I'm just, just dancing. Just dance. Come on. Yeah, just dance. Um, but it's like, I'm not even like close to the level that you are at. But it's just great when you, it's just, it's such a massive inspiration when you see people just do stuff with their bodies, like in, in an almost impossible way. It's like splits, for instance. <laughs> like I, I saw one of your videos where you were like doing one of these like split things where it's like oh like this angle that angle that angle thing and then you just like go all the way to like beyond your head it's like beyond the horizontal like you know what i mean um yeah <laughs> i do i know what video you're talking about actually yeah 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 how the hell do you know how, how the hell do you like do those things well <laughs> yes so yes please tell us I... how do you do splits I never was that flexible, you know, like in my younger ballet training, like normally people start to get really flexible when they're very young. Like yeah. by the time you're eight, you're doing like your over splits. Um, but for me, it came a little bit later because I actually went to like this Russian ballet boarding school that was funded by Korean cult money. Um, so, <laughs> but it was in Washington, D.C. And there, they like break you and they really, really force you to stretch. So that's how I got flexible. Cause I wasn't, I was flexible before, but then I like really hit that like crazy flexibility after that. So you were basically, so you basically got flexible 
from torture? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like. I mean, that's. I mean, I've seen like videos of people like crying, like with with their dance instructors, like literally sitting on either of their legs, yeah. like both like both sides of their legs. And it's just like, oh no, I can't. I mean, mm -hmm. I've had times when people were like pushing me from behind and like that alone I couldn't take, I, let alone like having people actually sit on your body. <laughs> I'm did, lucky you, that's... did you have people do that? Okay, so that never happened to me, but there was this one teacher who was like, I was really scared of her. And I remember like some girls like didn't even have this hurt their splits in her class and she would like make them put their leg on a chair and like go into over splits but like if you don't have your splits like that's really really hard and i just remember this one girl came out of that class like just bawling her eyes out because she was in so much pain oh. yes it was the <laughs> chair i just remembered it was it has to happen on a chair for yeah you to actually a chair. push you that it, that yes yes i remember now <laughs> Man, have, can you do on can you do over splits on a chair then? Can you do it? So yeah, I like basically trained myself to be able to do that just because like it just felt like a standard thing at my school that you like needed to be able to do. So yeah. yeah, I remember I would like stay super late after class and come like an hour and a half before ballet class. And like this is like you train already in class so long. Oh. And I would just put my leg on the chair and just like sit there until I got it. Like, <laughs> I was actually insane. <laughs> That's great. I love that when you like obsess about this one thing and you just don't stop until you get it, you know? But man, when it comes to physical attributions like that, you it's, it's like beyond like levels of acquiring a skill, like on a technical level, like, you know, like learning how to produce or like learning a language. I feel like pushing your physicality to a certain boundaries is like a completely different realm um in my personal opinion i just feel like it's just i i'm always in awe when i see like olympians and stuff <laughs> um so yeah yeah uh props for you to do that <laughs> did you did you. you study ballet in in school like yeah. professionally then so i was like basically supposed to do ballet for a living if that makes yeah. sense so I went to this school, like, and my goal going in, I moved out when I was 14, went to school there in Washington, D.C., and mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to become a professional ballerina, like, this is how it's going to happen, whatever. Yeah. I worked so hard, because I, like, just naturally don't have that much talent in terms of, like, what you need for ballet. Like, my body's just not really right for it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was, you know, grinding through school, and then... Basically, my senior year, I, like, developed anorexia, and I honestly think I had, like, now that I can look back, I think I did have, like, different types of eating disorders before full-blown anorexia my yeah. senior year, but after that, it just got to the point where I was, like, I can't do this anymore because I'm, like, not a person anymore, <laughs> like, I need to, like, eat eat and like come back to life because like yeah. honestly having an eating disorder as like other mental illnesses I feel like just like sucks the soul out of you like you just become such like a shell of a person so I feel like for me yeah I needed to just like get healthy again so I stopped dancing oh my gosh well good for you and you are still <laughs> dancing so it's like you got yeah. the best of both worlds now 
Um, if you don't mind talking a little more about like eating disorders, it's like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back with you uh, to you with another like confession from mine of mine yeah. as well. I actually suffer from anorexia as well. Um, really, I didn't I know did. that. I know it's it's kind of like I think it takes people by surprise. Um, it, it's not necessarily something that I often talk about. Actually, I don't think I've ever mm -hmm. even told my my friends like like my close friends that I lived with mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, not necessarily because like I, like I wanted to hide it or anything, but yeah. it's hard. <laughs> it it's hard, and it's something that I want to like sometimes forget about, and like I want to. <laughs> yeah, and it's like in. I don't know if this if this is like this with like other mental disorders like um, depression, but I feel like with eating disorders is like when you recover from them, it's almost like you have to change your personality, almost like your whole entirety of your kind of being. So having moved on from that stage of your life, which is having suffered from anorexia, it's almost like you have to forget about that part of life in order to like fully move on. Um, so I kind of like almost trained myself to not really talk about it and like just forget about it yeah. um but it it does like come up oftentimes especially when you know like when the subject obviously comes up like you just did like you just did um yeah how did and that, i think like, it's something yeah how did that like um kind of start for you and how did you you know deal with that yeah yeah um so this is this is really interesting because I want to I want to ask ask you a question about this actually, uh, because for me in my case I actually didn't know that what I was going through was anorexia and an eating disorder until I was well <laughs> recovered from it. Wow. Yeah, it's it's kind of fucked up how like um, how uneducated you can be growing up in Korea about these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a lot more awareness about the eating disorders in like the Western countries and you know they have uh, uh, well tell me if I'm wrong but they have ample amount of you know help help available and resources available for people if they if they decide to seek help from it mm -hmm. and you know there's enough information out there for people to at least be aware if they're going through something that's not really normal uh, in my case, I had no idea what an eating disorder was. For me, it was like, wow. it was like, oh, okay, I'm don't want it. I don't want to eat, and I like being in control of like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so basically, like to give you a little, I'm all over the place. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> to give you a little background story, so I kind of had reached the peak of my disorder at like the final year of my high school mm -hmm. um so like right before i went into college and that that year that final year of high school as i'm sure with like a lot of people um across the globe but especially for like asian kids is like the most stressful time of their yeah. lifetime it's like the college so entrance depression. exams and stuff yeah and it's like your parents are like oh you can't go to that school you have to go to this school and stuff <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of pressure, but also at the same time, grades aren't necessarily something that you can control. Like, especially in my case, I suck at exams. I suck <laughs> ass. Mood. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> I don't do well on exams. Like, no matter how many hours I put into, like, memorizing stuff, I always blank out when the time hits. So for me, especially, like, that final year was, like, super difficult having so many things just out of control. 
but wanting to be in control. And I think mm-hmm. I found a strange sense of like comfort in the fact that I could, yeah. I could have, I could control something, and the results of that shows through my body getting <laughs> emaciated day by day. And it's just su- such a fucked up thing to like get satisfaction from. But mm-hmm. you can get strangely addicted to it, you know, if you know what I mean. I I mean, <laughs> I went through the exact same thing. So I like to an eerie, like it's like so eerie just hearing you talk about it because I, I feel it like I, I really understand what that addiction feels like because yeah. like when you're in the thick of it, like I just feel like too when you start to get really emaciated, like it can just be so confusing you like just don't even like have a grasp on reality and you just have this one thing which is like that control that yeah. you're addicted to and you just hold on to that for like dear life yeah how, wh- what was the story for you like how did you kind of develop it and you know kind of reach your peaks yourself yeah oh gosh so um at my ballet school like obviously it was ballet school so Uh there is like an expectation that your body does look a certain way and you know I just like I've never been like a stick girl like I'm just very muscular and like honestly for me personally like I think that's what made my dancing really great is because I was so strong I could jump really high I could do the turns like and I was like always kind of proud of that and I basically just never was able to get the lead roles because I was not like small Any enough i guess yeah, yeah yeah well like not as <laughs> as super thin like some yeah. ballerinas are yeah and like i just got pulled aside by my teacher and she was like we think you're really good and like the teachers are thinking about casting you as like the lead role mm-hmm. but like you need to lose weight and keep in mind like i was very close already i think to being underweight if not underweight when they like told me this i think yeah like, really on the edge, like, there was nothing wrong with my body, even by, like, ballet standards, it's just, like, thin, thin, thin girls at my school were told they needed to lose weight, um, Mm -hmm. so it really hurt to be singled out like that, and then for me, you know, as someone who's, can be a little obsessive, and, like, I have, you know, that, like, work ethic, where it's just, like, anything, I will do anything for my dream, you know, yeah, and, yeah, from there, it kind of just, like, spiraled out of control, and I ended up, like, not getting the part that year which was my junior year when I was like pulled aside and then my senior year I came back same thing as you that senior year pressure of like for me instead of college it was like ballet companies um and I was like I need to get hired at a great ballet company and like I am so tired of being passed up for parts because they're not happy with my body like I know that I'm good enough like I I just wanted it so badly so I came back to school and I just kind of stopped eating and you know, I just got praise from it. Like, all the teachers and everything kind of were just so happy and so proud oh of me. God. And, like, it was a, there was a lot of positive reinforcement, which was very confusing to me because then I didn't think I had a problem. Kind of similarly to you, what you were talking about, it's like, I just didn't think I had a problem because I'm like, well, you know, my freshman year of high school, my ballet teacher literally told us, she was like, ballerinas have two courses for lunch the first course is tea the second course is lemon like oh i was you know, i thought you were gonna say it like she was gonna say air <laughs> no not air but basically same thing you can 
can have so, air for dessert if you want. Oh my gosh, only, you know, not too much air though. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like just all of these like confusing messages in my head yeah. just told me that I was okay when clearly like I, I, I just became less and less okay. That is so messed up. How you were like praised the more emaciated you probably got. Um, so what do you think was like the point you were like, did you have any like external reinforcement that like you needed change or was it like completely self realization that you're like, oh, I don't want this anymore. Um, I feel like it was mainly external. Like, I mean, it got to the point too, where like my ballet teacher pulled me aside when I was like, obviously like falling over because I just couldn't even stand my duty and she was like oh like are you eating and I just nodded my head she was like okay and then just like don't lose any more weight but like don't gain I was like what so that happened which I feel like maybe kind of woke me up a little bit and I was like all right like I'm good now like I don't need to keep going with this but it made me want to keep going even more because I was so scared of gaining weight because she said yes. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then after, a couple months went by, and I was um, sitting across from, like, one of the youngest girls at school. Like, I don't even think this girl uh-huh. was in high school yet. Um, and she looks at me, and she was like, Michaela, you're so pretty. You're so skinny. The teachers love you. You're so good at ballet. Like, I want to be just like you. And yeah. in that moment, I was just like, I hate myself. I can keep doing this to myself all day, every day. Like, I literally don't care about myself at all. But, like, I cannot do this to these young girls who are looking up to me and think that I'm fine. Because deep, 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 deep down, I knew I wasn't fine. So I literally packed my bags the next day and just yeeted out of there. And I thought I was going home for a week because I still thought I was fine. I was like, oh, I just need, like, a little bit of, like, a break, Break. a little rest. And I'll come back to school, finish off the school year didn't happen <laughs> I, I for you yeah I just, I just you, stayed yeah. at home <laughs> I mean that's the thing isn't it like how you said you're so scared of gaining back the weight it's like I mean I guess we're kind of moving around subjects in the sense that I'm kind of like mentioning like body image as well because like I know I said control like the ability to control something and the result of that showing was probably the main reason why I got the high of eating disorder but I think there's also that element of like body image underneath mm-hmm. it somewhere it's like, I think there's a multiple different things going on it's not just one singular reason and one singular cause um, and like for me I had a similar experience actually uh, in my childhood actually where um mm-hmm. I took, like, random, like, hip-hop lessons and stuff when I was a kid. Um, I can't do hip-hop now. (laughs) But uh, I remember, like, because a lot of the, like, dance uh, schools, not schools, but, like, dance academies, we have tons of them here for, like, amateurs. But, like, a lot of the people who go to these classes are people who want to be, like, K-pop stars and K-pop trainees. And like it holds, is yeah. I mean, body standards (laughs) for that kind of side of the world is like Mm -hmm. probably as crazy as like the ballerina world. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember I was like, I I was always there for like the, you know, 
like the fun of it but then one of the dance pers- the, the the dance teacher was like hmm i think i might like I, i'll be able to like put you into like one of these auditions for like uh like one of the big three like companies or something mm-hmm. um but you need to lose some weight because you're chubby as fuck uh, as a child lower- yeah i mean i wasn't like a little girl but i was like well like in middle school i think but oh my gosh and but the thing about that is like i solely believe that was true you know i was well, you're a I kid, was like of course yeah yeah it's like <laughs> it's like i don't question it it's like oh mm-hmm. oh okay i gotta get skinny but that wasn't really the start of it. I think, you know, multiple occasions like these kind of build up over time to kind of almost create this subconscious idea in your head that, oh, I, I'm not thin enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fit enough. I'm not something enough. So therefore I gotta do this to, in order to like become better, become prettier, become more beautiful. Um, so probably, that was probably one of the reasons why I also fell into that uh, rabbit hole as well. I mean, not rabbit hole, but like pitfall, really. Um, it's so crazy how, you know, those like little comments can take someone five seconds for them to say, but it sticks with you for like the rest yeah. of your life. I mean, I mean, you also mentioned just now like the physical effects of going through anorexia. There's no... There's nothing to gain from this. Nothing. And <laughs> I can relate to the energy levels as well. Like you couldn't oh you say you couldn't move. I was like I was like, I, I, I remember this one time, uh, so like in the last year of my high school when I was like at the peak of my eating disorder, they did this thing in PE class where they measured like how fast you can run. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was literally like like in like after like five seconds of running and i was like literally like behind everyone else it's just it's i and i it's also the thing where like i never recovered from it as well in terms Mm -hmm. of my physical stamina i'm like right now my energy levels are like down here i don't think it ever like recovered fully back to when i was like at a normal weight at a normal um whatever what about you? Are you feeling energetic now that you're, like, okay, hopefully? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been, like, maybe five years since I recovered. Or maybe, like, four or five. I'm not sure Yeah. the exact. So, I think, like, energy-wise, I honestly recovered really quickly. Because I gained weight in recovery very quickly. Really? Because I enjoy I, it? Or no. Was it like- no. <laughs> I was, like, I was so angry that I was... Because in my head still, like... I still actually hadn't accepted that I had an eating disorder, even though I was in anorexia treatment. I still was yeah. like, I don't have an eating disorder because my ballet teachers think that my body mm. looks good. And then I also was, I the only like scope of the world that I really knew at that point was just this ballet boarding school. So I kind of just thought like, if I gain weight, everyone's going to think I'm like disgusting because I know that's what they would think. And, like, you know, just all this weird, like, psychological stuff that I had to really go through. And, like, it was so much letting go. And I think also just, like, grieving my old body and then also grieving my loss of dance. Because during that time, I also, like, lost dance. Like, I just, I couldn't dance anymore. Like, I, because I needed a break. Like, (laughs) just physically, it wouldn't, it wasn't healthy for me to exercise at that point in time. Um, 
so yeah, that was just really, really hard for me. And I, I really struggled with hating my body for like a bit there. And then, yeah, I, I went to college and I think that's when things kind of turned around when I realized that even though I think I gained like 40 pounds in like six months or something. Hell yeah. Like Hell yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I went to college and I was like, oh my gosh, like everyone's going to hate me for some, you know, like just weird yeah. leftover yeah, like trauma you. stuff. And that was, no one cared. Literally no, no one cares. One cared. No, <laughs> no one, one cares. cares. I would eat like food with people at like 2 a.m. and no one cared. And there weren't people just, because you know, when you're only around ballet dancers, like there's those sneaky comments that are like, oh, like, we're being so bad right now. Like, we shouldn't be eating this. Like, literally no one cared. Yeah. <laughs> People didn't care. And I think for me, having the permission for, like, my brain to be what was exciting about me rather than my body and the way I danced, just mm. for, like, a change of pace was awesome. Like, I was in business school, and I really was able to expand that aspect of myself rather than just always being so focused on my body and that really allowed me that time to heal and eventually it just kind of got to the point where it's like I don't really like think about those really toxic thoughts anymore if that makes sense oh my gosh that's great that's this that's really great to hear um honestly it does um do you think you have a pretty healthy body image now then fairly I I like to think well <laughs> I like to think that I'm like pretty neutral like I mm. I just try to like not judge my body as good or bad it just is yeah and like that's the extent of thought that I would put on my body like for me especially since quarantine like I was working out a lot more before and it was actually really beautiful like during quarantine I kind of just let myself like not really exercise too much and just rest I ate whatever I wanted and like for me, there was, like, something so healing in that, just, like, letting myself be, and I think now I'm kind of just chilling, and, like, you know, my body is gonna go through phases as I go through Mm -hmm. life, and that's normal, that's healthy, and that's okay, like, because now I think I finally am at the point where I can find value in myself besides my body and the way that I look, like, that is literally the least interesting thing about me, and I, I always try to keep that yes. perspective so that I can have freedom and room in my mind to, like, be a good person to other people and focus on that rather than, like, <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Oh, my gosh. I am. Like, you, you go, girl. That's great. <laughs> um, I mean, I think you pointed out something really po- uh, important there, how you're kind of neutral and it's kind of. You know, the thing about, like, body positivity, quote-unquote, air quotes, is that um, I think when people talk about, like, body positivity, positivity, they think about, like, oh, loving my body unconditionally and, like, like, just loving it, loving every single aspect of it, no matter what shape or form I'm in. But I think that can sometimes be a little bit intimidating for some people who are trying to work out like their self you know their relationship with themselves because it's like uh, it's so hard to like come from like a background of oh like hating every single aspect of my body to like loving every single aspect of my body um and i think i i truly believe the 
the healthiest uh, body image is to just be okay with whatever it is. And it's it, it doesn't mean you have to love every single like part of your body. You can notice things that you don't really like about it, but kind of be okay with it. If you know what I mean. Like I have like belly flaps that I hate. I hate it folding. <laughs> like I don't like it. I don't like it. I just don't. And it, it's probably like that has something to do with uh, an unhealthy body image or wh whatnot. But, but I'm also, I think the biggest difference between like not liking a certain part of my body from when I was suffering from anorexia to when I like how I am now is that I'm actually kind of fine with it. Like I don't, it, it's not, I don't like it, but I'm okay with it being there if it means mm -hmm. I can have an extra slice of pizza tonight, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think um, just, just, just letting it be. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that I, I'm like, like, oh, I, I love myself. I love my mm -hmm. body. Like, oh, I'm, I want to show it to everybody. Like, I, I still feel like really self-conscious when I like wear bikinis or like shorts and stuff. Um, do you feel that way or do you I like clothes? Do you like clothes? Do you like? I, I like clothes. I wear a lot of the same clothes just because I hate spending money. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I honestly like went through that so much and I think I'm getting to a better point. But I feel that like even there, it's just it's it's like especially with eating disorders too i feel like sometimes the whisper is there and you just have to like quiet the whisper like the whisper telling me like oh like you're gonna wear that like you know what i mean yeah um but i think it's become a lot more quiet but i i just remember like the first time that i wore a bathing suit after like gaining a lot of weight really fast was yeah. like probably one of the like scariest moments and it's like kind of hard too because sometimes I feel like my experience is invalidated because people will say like oh well you were never that big but like when you just have such an extreme body change in such a short period of time like it can still be really scary um but yeah I think it's it's just one of those things where it's like yes sometimes it'll have that little whisper but I think I try to like calm the waters and like quiet yeah. it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it takes a lot of effort for me to to do that, but I I do I do think that's that's really worth the effort in the long run, right? What um, like helps you like find that peace within yourself and like quiet that like noise that you know like it's not even you. It's just like this like negative energy. Yeah. Like I was actually just gonna say, um I was funny enough, I was talking about this with my sister yesterday. Um because basically I did like a shooting for a music video um uh -huh. yesterday like on my rooftop again. And oh I love your rooftop video. <laughs> it's great, it's great. I I never really thought that I would shoot anything significant there like for music videos and stuff but it's it's fun it's fun um but yesterday it was like the weather was just boiling boiling hot mm -hmm. so when i got back back downstairs um to get changed and stuff i was like literally soaked in sweat like it looked like i just taken a shower <laughs> uh, but it was in sweat um and i just got this like little like mini epiphany where i right now 
like so because so i got changed into this like t-shirt and i wasn't wearing a bra because like obviously wearing a bra when you're sweating is the grossest feeling ever um <laughs> yeah and i was like just i just got into a t-shirt and i wasn't wearing a bra and you know like how sometimes like nipples show when you mm -hmm. wear like without a bra uh I, my it was doing that <laughs> it was doing that but then i was like craving ice cream all of a sudden so i was like oh i want to get some ice cream and my sister was like your nipples are literally like protruding like crazy right now. <laughs> and like in Korea, it's like not very ethical for some reason to like oh, show really? your nipples. Yeah, no, no, no. Like if you're a female, especially, it's just like, no, don't show your nipples. You can't like, no. Um, it has to be tucked in, has to be flat as fuck, <laughs> and you can't be showing it. <laughs> so it's like my Whoa, sister's kind of so kind much. of inhabited that that mindset as well, which is okay, like the Korean culture, I guess. But then I was like, Normally, I would have been like, oh, fine, okay, I'll just wear a bra. But mm -hmm. then, like, yesterday, because I was so exhausted and I was, like, just sweating and I was just so completely, like, worn out that I didn't care. And I think the epiphany was that, like, sometimes you got to, like, push yourself to a point where you don't care, like, about wh wherever body part you're showing yeah. and I sometimes experience this like when I go to the beach um I would wear like a bikini where I would like come out first like having changed and I haven't gotten into the water yet in the first 10 minutes I would be like oh god like I think people are staring at me like I think people can like see my stretch marks and stuff and then like I would go into the sea and I would get swept away like by waves and shit and after like <laughs> 20 minutes I wouldn't care because I wouldn't care if my bra literally like my bra top of my <laughs> bikini would just like fly away and I would have to walk out of the beach like like bare breasts because I think sometimes there's this like beautiful thing about like if your mind is occupied like so much so in something else then it, it just won't care about the other things you know what I, I'm saying oh my gosh I feel that on such a level because I feel like when I was going through anorexia and maybe like a little bit even after during like that initial recovery process, like I couldn't think about anything. Like I feel like I didn't have any mental space in my head to like grow as a person or like mm. do anything besides like the activities of the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was just so in that like mindset and so focused on that one thing. Yeah. And I feel like as I've recovered, like, I can actually no one do cares. things. No I one think cares. That's, that's the, like, how, to, like, that sums it up. Like, no one cares if your nipples yeah. show. People might <laughs> stare, but they stare because, like, they're embarrassed. They stare because they have their own, like, mindsets about, like, nipples showing or whatever showing. As long as you're not causing, like, public, um, I don't know, mayhem or anything, it's fine. No one cares no one really cares and i think that's something like that i try to remind myself like no one really cares about you as much as you think they do <laughs> right like okay so speaking of like overthinkers i'm yeah. such an overthinker and i literally like if i just have like a little bit of like a slightly strange interaction with someone i like think about it like so much i'm just like oh, yeah oh but what if they like think this about me oh my gosh they like hate me like no 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 like i just like yeah. should i text them should i not text them like are we yes good? like no 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 like <laughs> you would think life. about this like one sentence that you said in, oh in an hour-long conversation 
and you would literally like genuinely consider sending a text about apologizing like for what, what am said. I apologizing for like yeah. I don't know and I feel like I used to think like that even with like if someone would look at me a certain way when I was really self-conscious about my body like it was the same thing I would just think about it and think about it again and think about do they think that I like look different today or like have I like and it's mm. just like no one is doing that <laughs> and if they are like that's kind of weird like people yes. don't actually do that because we're all so concerned about like ourselves that we don't even like <laughs> it's it's so it's crazy how self-centered and egotistical that we can all be sometimes. it really yeah yeah it can, yeah it can be kind of crazy but <laughs> yeah no i feel 100 percent on that um it's i mean i think you I think that's the thing where, like, you just mentioned how, no, first of all, no one really cares about that one word or that one oh thing that you said. But second of all, if there is somebody who actually does give you some hate or doesn't, like, changes their mind about you or be- becomes hostile to you for some reason because of that one single thing, then it's that, that person is probably not worth having in your life anyway, you know? Um, that's what I try to, you know, train myself to think sometimes. Like, oh, oh, you don't like me for that? Okay, who cares? <laughs> like, I I own every single word that I say, so I don't care, you know? I, I feel that. Hater's I gonna hate. Totally. And I think, like, being a little bit more on the internet, I almost feel like I had to, like, relearn that skill because yeah. it's completely different when, like, random people on the internet are like saying super super mean things to you like at first when I got that I was like huh really what do you mind like I think I think just people being sharing oh like you're trash this is trash and I think I don't know like I don't know just mean stuff (laughs) like people that ain't nice people just say mean things sometimes I get mean dms and like I think I was lucky enough to like grow really fast, but with yeah. that came viral videos. And when you get a viral video, in my experience on Instagram, like there are just gonna be a couple mean comments. Mm. And it almost took like relearning that skill because I feel like I was starting to get better at it in real life. And then once it was online, like I didn't know how to deal with like this random criticism for no apparent reason that was kind of like unwarranted. Because I, I like to be open and like, take constructive feedback but then at the same time like there is a point where someone's just kind of hating um and like I'm like what did I do to you but I think you just have to realize Mm -hmm. like some people just like spreading negativity on the internet and like that's okay you can just take a step away from that and like just yeah you really have to be okay with yourself first I think um to not let that one negative comment ruin your day when there were like a thousand nice ones you know yeah um I mean, it's so easy, though, to, like, just remember the bad bits, like, the bad dramatic bits. It's so much easier to remember those kind of little things than, like, the majority of the other positive things. I don't know why that's how the brain works. (laughs) Or at least mine. I don't know if it's like you, but if yours is like that. But I I tend to remember, like, the bad bits Mm -hmm. more. (laughs) You know, I, I always ask people, like, are you somebody who... Like, who, if you think about somebody in your life, 
you think about the good memories first or you think about the bad memories first and I, that, that's probably like actually that might not be a good example because it's like it depends on the person probably if you're having a good relationship with that person then you're probably yeah. gonna think I guess about how it ended <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> uh, but what I meant meant to say is like I'm usually the person who's like I hate drama basically. me too and when yeah. there is drama I can't like, I can't stop th- thinking about it. I, I get so anxious about it. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know what point that I'm trying to come to, but it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult because that's kind of your personality. That kind of personality has, has set in your main database. And it's almost like trying trying to, like you said, retraining your brain to, like, be a little bit different for your yeah. own sanity yeah I think like I've really realized this about myself through like doing more stuff on the internet and yes. just like putting myself out there yeah. more is like I have a people-pleasing problem <laughs> and like I've talked about it a lot in therapy because like and I think it comes from ballet like really wanting to please my teachers mm-hmm. and like that kind of stuff and yeah I just need to like let go and just know that I'm enough for myself and like yeah. the people who are close to me in my life and yeah just like know that I'm enough just the way I am what I'm doing and like I think those those things are like ideas that I always try to like come back to when I'm going through those like micro freakouts. <laughs> I like yeah. see a comment I'm like ah look I'm a horrible person it's like no I'm not <laughs> no you're not well, do you do you watch YouTube much or do you are you like a Netflix person? Are you like a YouTube person or a TikTok person? I'm such like a YouTube person. Okay, okay, just, okay. I, I, okay, we're on well, the same page here. I mean I found you, of course I'm a YouTube person. Oh um, <laughs> Yeah. And I love yeah, I love YouTube and I I just got into Twitch because I just started streaming on Twitch. Oh, so right, I've like cool. re- recently like started watching some Twitch too. Okay. Um Well I I'll definitely like give me all the links that you want me to put for people <laughs> to find you um to add but i was gonna ask like if you know pro zd by any chance mm, um i don't think i've heard of okay them. so there's this youtuber called pro zd and he's he's korean american guy who's like a voice actor like that's his main thing but he does that's youtube cool. on the side like doing stuff that he likes Mm-hmm. And those stuff are like, are like just all over the place. He does like, he he's a massive like board like board game enthusiast enthusiast. So he like That's does board game reviews, and then like he would upload a board game review on one day, and the next day he would just like all of a sudden try like fifteen different Oreo flavors, and <laughs> and then the next day he would do like just like just have a random podcast with like one of his friends. Um, and he just, like, does all, like, he's just, and he does, like, also, like, five-second skits as well, which, like, he kind of, like, he had his, like, Vine days as well, you yeah. know? Um, but, like, it's just kind of all over the place, and I recently started listening to his podcast where I got to hear, like, some of his thoughts behind, like, why, uh, why his YouTube channel, why he keeps his YouTube channel so miscellaneous, mm-hmm. and he's, like, basically, he's, like, I don't give a fuck. And it's like, I don't give a fuck because I either enjoy um, what I do in that video or I'm proud of it. So 
It's like that's the only two qualifications he needs uh, to figure out if he's going to post something or do something online. And that results in, like, just being all over the place. And I, I dare say he's, like, my all-time favorite, one of my all-time favorite YouTubers because I look up to that quality. I'm not a mm-hmm. massive, like, board game board game fan fan even <laughs> he always talks about one piece and i i've never even watched one piece but i love it because <laughs> because it's like he doesn't care he doesn't give yeah. a fuck um and i just really look up to that so i don't know like if there's any like specific videos that i want to recommend from pro zd but just like looking at how miscellaneous and just all over the place he can be on his channel is i i find massively inspiring I love that because I feel like I'm such an overthinker and I've like struggled with this a lot with music because that's actually how I like got into social media to start was like through music and one of my songs got picked up by the Spotify algorithm and like literally just this past year it's just been so hard to put out music because I like I'm like oh well do I need to find like a niche within music like I'll just like think about all the like oh is this the right artistic choice you know like that kind of stuff and same with like content as well like I don't post on my YouTube channel because I don't know what to make because I'm worried Mm. like oh since I have like a music channel it's like weird if I make more like lifestyle content yeah yeah yeah. yes oh my gosh and I feel like that with Instagram too I dance on Instagram I should only dance I shouldn't like sing on Instagram like oh my gosh it's just like I think that's so cool that you mentioned that because I think that's honestly something that really like speaks to me because that's the kind of energy that I'm trying to like foster in my life is just more freedom to just yeah and have fun like we make content music whatever because we like doing it like that's at least how I got started at least like I just thought it was fun like you know what I mean it can get very like cerebral sometimes when it doesn't need to yeah I mean I think there are like certain things you can't just go like to the wild west and just like oh I'm just gonna strip in front of like thousands of people (laughs) like I don't think you're the kind of person who would enjoy it anyways but um but like even, like, Pro ZD also, like, goes into, like, the fact that if he went, like, all out and never really cared about anything, mm-hmm. he would be in trouble. Because that, you know, that's probably, like, that's part of his job as well, to keep people entertained and, you know, yeah. provide content for people. Oh. Um, but he's, like, I try to find the balance and between, like, my own enjoyment and giving other viewers enjoyment. And... For me personally, like I feel you 100%. I I'm a people pleaser as well and I find myself being like asking these questions like, "Oh, I think I'm going to have fun making this, but pro- people probably might not enjoy it or um or should I post this? Should I not post this or um, oh, what if this fucks up the algorithm and what if mm-hmm. it just like And I still I I literally like think about this every single day and I'm not I'm not immune to that. Um and I think sometimes you just have to listen to your intuition and, like, just just, just go for it. And also, like, again, remind yourself that nobody really cares. So, you know. No, it's, totally. You know, you know, you know how um, there's a saying in Korea where, um, well, I, I guess there's an equivalent in English where it's, like, oblivion is blissful oblivion. Bliss, blip, uh, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance? Oh, no, ignorance that's is not bliss. You well no that's actually not what I was trying to say. <laughs> Basically in Korea where um it's like um it's like forgetfulness is the greatest blessing from mm. God because 
it remember like is imagine if you like remembered every single shame like uh, embarrassment every single moments of embarrassment and like oh shit i shouldn't have done this or like oh that would be a a very exhausting life but in reality you're just gonna forget about a lot of the things that you did in the past um so, so I think for me, my motto is like, as long as I'm not hurting people, as long as I'm not intentionally being hostile or um, like causing any sort of negativity, then I can, I'm free to do whatever I want. And if it doesn't work out, it's going to be in the past soon. You know, maybe you want, you might want it to like go time to fly past quickly, like just. I want to forget about this. I really want to forget about this. <laughs> but if you wait it out, it's going to get easier. And it's all going to be in the past. And I probably have a lot of the things, a lot of the posts that I did in the past that I have already forgotten. But at the time, I was like, shit, I shouldn't have done this. I kind of think this kind of flocked, <laughs> you know? I, Flopped, not flocked. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, like, have this weird theory about that because... Like, my first video that went, um, like, okay and stuff yeah. was the video that I was, like, I texted my friend, and I'm, like, are you sure, like, this is a bad idea, mm. right? Like, this is, like, because it was different. Yeah, That's yeah. what worked. Like, literally, I think the videos that I'm most unsure about are normally the videos that yes. perform really well. Isn't that a weird phenomenon? Yeah. Like, I swear that's a thing. I don't know why it is. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, we try to, like, figure out things, like, so many things in advance that mm -hmm. if you, we think, like, if we do something that's kind of out of the norm and not as planned, then it's not going to perform bad. well. Yeah. But in reality, if you just let your intuition do its thing, it's like, oh, it's, like, telling me to, like, just do it, just do it, just, just do it. Um, just, just follow it instead of, like, letting your rationality tell you otherwise to be, like, you know, they, there's a, I read a really cool quote the other day where it's like, um, you miss a hundred percent of the chance that you don't take something like that. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, that's, that's so true. Like you don't know until you try it. Um, totally. Like, and sometimes I'm like, uh, what if it like hurts my algorithm and stuff? But it's like, uh, do I really care? You know? Um, I think I think about it now as like, if I post a video and like one person sees it, maybe it's yeah. my mom. It's probably my mom. Um, <laughs> but if one person sees it and like, it makes my mom's day. Like Aww. that is that like that in itself is powerful. Maybe yeah. like maybe you're like worst performing by normal standards performing yeah. video. Like it really really helps someone in some way. Like that's their favorite video, yeah. even though like maybe only like a couple other people have seen it. So I I always try to like step away from that like algorithm brain because I have the same thing where I'm like. Oh my Messing like because like, yeah. no, no, no. I'm I'm a very like analytical thinker. Like I went to business school. Like I look at yeah. my metrics a lot, and like I look at performance. I look at all all those different like analytical tools. But but then I try to step away and not be mad at myself if something doesn't do as well as I thought I would because I try to be like proud of like you know what like 
Sue, you put a video out today. Like, that's awesome. Like, no matter how it does or, like, no matter how people receive it, I don't know. That's, like, been kind of a, a mindset shift that I've been trying to make just so I can be more consistent because what causes me to stop being consistent is my brain telling me, like, you're horrible. Like, everything yeah. you make isn't good. It's not good enough. Know. Yeah. It's yeah. not suitable or whatever. Or, like, you it's going to ruin the algorithm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, that, I think that's the beautiful thing about being an artist is that by being by definition, by being an artist, by being spontaneous and by following your intuition and doing whatever the fuck you feel like doing, that becomes your business, you know? <laughs> Whereas, like, if you're, like, I don't know, an analyst or, like, I don't know what jobs are there out there. To <laughs> you don't need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, for those people, it's their job to, like, be analytical and be rational and be calculative. But for artists it's actually better to go the opposite way mm -hmm. where you're following your intuition as much as possible. And the more you do that, the more you're likely to probably succeed. And the more, you know, the more likely you're gonna, um, I don't want to say recognition because it, it, it almost puts like value into like how people view you instead of mm -hmm. how you feel, um, how much dignity you have about your work. But, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's our job to be spontaneous. So to do otherwise, yeah. it's almost like you're not, do we're not doing our jobs well. So it's yeah. almost like it kind of, it, it's almost like playing with your analytical mind in, in that like, oh, you kind of have to force yourself to be intuitive because otherwise you're not doing your job well at, as an artist. So maybe yeah. that that kind of rational like thinking is, is it works for people like us where it's like if you have to think about things in a rational way then you might as well think about it this way um yeah. you gotta be creative you gotta you gotta try new things that's it's your like, job so do your job well instead of like taking the safe route and like oh it's not the right uh equation it's not the right <laughs> I relate to that. It's not so the much. right, right <laughs> genre because it's too saturated. You know, yes. like those kind of things. Have you like? I remember. I don't know if you've ever had this uh, dilemma when you started music, but for me, genre was like a massive concern for me when I started. I was like, oh, how do I define my genre? Should I make it lo-fi? Should I make it bedroom indie? Should I make it indie? Should I make it pop? Should I make it hip hop? You know. Um, do you, did you have that concern as well? Or do you have that concern as well? So I feel like it's kind of weird. That came after for me because my first song that I put out, mm. it was like literally nothing. Like I just happened to go through a heartbreak. <laughs> and honestly, like I, I don't even think I've ever said this before or like admitted this to myself. Uh -huh. it's, kind of, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> You don't have to say it if you don't want to. No, no, no. I think it's funny. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm working on that quality of being unembarrassable, so it's all uh -huh. good. Go own I, it. I, I literally feel like I wanted this song to be produced and on Spotify just to be like, <laughs> don't you miss me? Like, I oh, like, yeah. look at me. I like, I do all the things, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, I literally feel like I was just being petty. This was just me being very petty. So anyways, I, I literally like... I'm a dancer, never was into music, and then I just uh -huh. randomly, like, wrote this song, and I was like, 
I'm gonna get it produced and hopefully like he'll listen to it because he yeah. follows me on social media uh, <laughs> and I yeah just texted everyone I knew and then found someone in town who like would produce it for free and I was like cool and then I just put it out like I, there wasn't really any thought at all put into it right. there was literally no thought it was all just like Mm, it's I like a cathartic like experience. Oh, I'm going to write this dumping letter as a song. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to put it out there to the universe. So he yeah. knows how I feel because I'm too scared to yeah. actually tell him. Uh, <laughs> no, but so. it's like a beautiful way. It's like almost, no, no, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, that's what love songs are all about. That's what songs are all about. It's a, it's turning whatever that would be pretty boring otherwise into something that's pretty exciting to share and like listen to, you know? Yeah, so there was no genre, and then I think after that, like, I kind of just wasn't even thinking about music, I was just trying to, like, survive college, because I was doing two majors yeah. at the same time, because I started dancing again halfway through college, uh-huh. um, so I was in, like, two of the really hard programs at my school, so I was, like, dying, um, just not sleeping, you know, all that stuff, Yeah. Um, and then, and then I was like, oh, like, honestly like I really like music and like people are actually listening to my song and they like Mm -hmm. it like that's so weird like I just wrote this so my mom could listen to it and hopefully that guy Um, (laughs) so uh, he he did listen to it um (laughs) 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 sorry I'm just laughing (laughs) I'm not embarrassed in your face you listen to that song that I wrote you no, it's just funny because we actually like ended up dating afterwards. Oh, <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. What a twist! What a twist! Such a twist. So I honestly think it was the song, you know, that like made all this happen. I manifested yeah. it through the song. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then afterwards, I kind of went through this crisis of like, oh my gosh, like I just wrote this song, but now like, how do people write songs? Because like, then it started me overthinking the whole songwriting and music production process. Because mm-hmm. it literally, I feel like I just got lucky and like it just happened and then I'm like trying to figure out how to like recreate that without trying to recreate that if that makes any sense (laughs) yeah trying to like find your style basically yeah yeah when I don't know anything about music or songwriting it's just like something was on my heart and I put it out like Mm. I think that can be kind of difficult sometimes do you still like have that concern and dilemma you kind of are you still on that journey of like finding your style or trying to find your style of course yeah I think I'm 100% there and also just finding your style is such a hard thing too because I feel like as an artist I always want to give myself like permission to evolve and do other things and again with that people pleasing thing like with my music at least like I always want to make music for me that I am Mm. proud of instead of like trying to fit some mold or genre kind of like what you were talking about like you were struggling to be like indie pop or like Mm. you know what I mean all that kind of stuff because I I feel like I felt that and now I've tried to take a little bit of a step back and just see like I want to make what I want to make and people might hate it that's cool like if people hate it that's cool because I tried (laughs) yeah and I I put something out that I'm at the time at least was excited about so <laughs> that's good i think that's that's really the best best genre like the genre like the style of music that you enjoy creating no matter what kind of wh- how it sounds at that moment and no matter how different it sounds from your previous ones as long yeah. as you think 
it's right at the time of creating that song, then that's that's the right way. Um, and also for me, it's like that element of fun needs to be there when I'm like mm-hmm. making music. Um, it looks me, fun. Like, <laughs> it's it's fun, and I frankly have to remind myself to have fun sometimes. It can mm-hmm. turn into like I can easily turn like just go 180 and be like, oh, this is work, like, oh. It's work. I don't want to do it, you know, because as soon as it becomes work, as soon as you're conscious that you're working, then it just takes the fun out of it. And there are like, there are a few artists, there are a few songs that I sometimes refer back to whenever I find myself like being getting too caught up in the rules mm-hmm. and like the 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 strategies or like the genres or the totally. definition of what it is, what something is, and. Those kinds of songs I listen to, and it's like you can tell that person who was making that song was having a blast. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell, you can like literally hear it. You can see their progress, their their process of making the song and having a blast. Like um, one track, for instance. Um, do you know Joji? Of course. Yes, I love. <laughs> Um, I've seen your Joji covers. <laughs> like all, like so many of them. Literally, like the majority of my covers are Joji covers. Um, but like uh, in his latest album, there's um, there's a song called "Pretty Boy," and mm-hmm. it was like he released like prior to the the full song coming out. He released like a little like snippet of it, and it was. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was great. I love the song, and I did like a cover of it before he, like the full version came out in the album. Mm-hmm. And when the full version came out in the album, it just took me so much by, by surprise because like the mm-hmm. other other half of the song became like this, like, like it's just like crazy. It just turns into a completely different song almost. And the latter ha- half of it was actually the, my favorite part because if you listen to it, you can tell you can tell that. Mm-hmm. He, he was having a lot of fun with it um so those kinds of songs that i i is are the things that i try to like just refer back to as much as possible and then and remind myself that it's it just have fun just have fun that that's yeah. that's why you started in the first place to have fun and not you know not sit behind a desk all day long and kissing people's ass and you know I hate that. I mean, I know some people thrive in it, but for me, it's not my thing. It's not my thing yeah. to like, not, I like stifle my creativity for somebody else or um, have to meet other people's needs and use my creativity for that I- instead of myself, you know? I mean, I think that's like the beautiful thing about being an independent artist as well. It's like, mm you know, you have a lot more of that freedom or, like, getting signed to a label that just, you know, up front is kind of, like, you do whatever you want. We just yeah. think what you're doing is cool. Um, which I think can be really hard to find because, yeah, I mean, and even what you're talking about earlier, like, I think you're kind of referring to, like, the corporate route in life. And it's, like, mm. weird hearing you talk about that because I, I, sometimes I forget, like, that almost was my life. Like, I was on that path. I was in business school. Like, I was mm. going to the job fairs. I did internships. Like, oh, job fairs. I, Freaking hell. <laughs> I literally, like, felt like Triggers my soul. Triggers my anxiety just by thinking about it. <laughs> my, my soul was, like, dying. Like, my yeah. I literally just, like, I think when you're a creative, 
it can just be so hard to not do creative things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I, no. oh my gosh, I was struggling. It's soul sucking when you're like, I, I was, I was fortunately like, I decided to do graphic design and advertising, which oh, was cool. like, I felt like was, uh, it was a compromise though. It was a compromise mm -hmm. basically of the fact it was like a hit it was a way to hide my desire to like actually be an artist i've always yeah. wanted to be an artist i think mm -hmm. deep inside but i think i almost like stopped myself because like oh you can't make a living out of being an artist or mm -hmm. you gotta make some sort of uh you gotta make amends and you gotta you know meet people halfway and be realistic uh, yeah. So. Oh my gosh, that's hard to temper those two yeah. things, right? So I think my corporate, my experience in corporate life um, was still, to a certain extent, creative, but it still wasn't mm -hmm. satisfying enough in the sense that I was using my creativity to satisfy other people. Mm -hmm. it, it, did, it, did, it just didn't help. It was, you know... Might as well just have been like a business corporate life or whatever, because it's still not, it's not fulfilling. It wasn't fulfilling for me. I think that's like the challenge, right? Like, because as an artist, like it's very hard, you know, to make a living or so people, you know, say, but there are like, now there are so many different ways you can go about doing it. A lot of it is just going out and doing it. And I know too, it can be hard, you know, people graduate college and they have student loan debts. They like, you know, they have to pay off their debt, like, yeah. and they go the corporate route because that's, like, what's available to them, so, yeah, yeah I, I always am so grateful that I, like, was able to take this past year and, like, just start, like, diving into what I actually care about, and, like, even for myself, figuring out what do I actually care about, like, yeah. <laughs> what do I love doing, like, what am I super passionate about besides dance, and how can I kind of combine all of those passions like dance music like all that kind of stuff into like my life like how can I make my life you know like my work <laughs> yeah well how what's what's your kind of plan moving forward what's yeah, yeah what, what's mean, the plan that's a great question because <laughs> I'm moving which will be yes. exciting I'm yeah in Austin Texas which what what's if you don't mind me asking is is that like a personal reason or for like work reasons or just you wanted to move to Texas or so right now um I'm in like Bloomington Indiana so kind of anywhere would probably be <laughs> a oh, little is it quite a little remote? bit um it's a college town so oh right you know it's, it's not really quite what I probably need right now and yeah I just have heard amazing things about Austin and the music mm. scene there, and yeah. yeah, a lot of my friends are moving to Austin, so it kind of just seemed like a good move, and okay. yeah, I, I'm excited to just go there. I'm hoping, you know, to keep going with, like, my Instagram content, and hopefully start making more YouTube content and Twitch, mm -hmm. and then, yeah, just, like, focusing on creating like more passive income streams and like more of that kind of monetization just yeah. so I can really just focus on the work and then hopefully like find some sort of management or something like that just because right now like I literally do everything which can be a lot of work sometimes it, it can be yeah I, I feel you um I mean man I I don't know what else to say other than like I wish you the bestest 
of the bestest Thank you. look and everything. Thank you. My goodness, I really hope to visit Austin as well because I've, well, I have, I know like one person in Austin, Austin, which is a lot for me. That's a person. That's, <laughs> yeah, a, that's a person. person. That's a that's that's a lot. That's a lot of thing. <laughs> I I have one per acquaintance in Austin, but I still I've heard so many good things about Texas, and I'd love to visit someday. And hopefully, I'll be able to see you when I visit Texas and that Austin. That would be amazing. Or if I you know come to Korea, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to go to Korea. I think you're gonna love it here. You're gonna love it. I mean, the food, the man i don't know if you enjoy clubs much but they've got great clubs apparently i don't i don't i, I, I don't. like i like, I like dancing dance. i like yeah. dancing <laughs> i just don't like being in a crowded club like sniffing at other people's armpits that's that's what i don't like about yeah that's where i kind of draw the line and I'm yeah, just yeah, like, yeah maybe that's not my vibe but i i've been loving like i like going out and salsa dancing that's like my clubbing experience of choice uh -huh. i guess <laughs> what, what 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 is it salsa, salsa. dancing salsa dancing Ooh, I can see you doing that. I can see you doing salsa dance. Yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, you're a dancer, so you can probably pull off anything. Um, no, 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 no. You're going to have to teach me that hip-hop that you learned um, when you were no, a little no, no, kid. No, no, you got nothing to learn from me. <laughs> um, okay, it's, it's, thank you so much, Michaela, for coming. Um, we, you're always welcome back. We can have another ramble. We can have another overthinking session. Um, Sometimes I feel like this hour-long sessions are just not enough, um, and I could just go on forever. So thank you so much. How long have we been talking? Oh, it's I think we've been, been talking for a, like about a little over a, a, an hour. Um, okay, cool. But yeah, we can just go on. But I I've been thinking a lot about how to end the podcast because I don't want to just like cut. Yeah, it's. <laughs> but hard. I also don't want to be like bye and then just hang up. You know. Um, yeah. So maybe you can just do a little thumbs up <laughs> and call it a day. Oh, I think this is the first time I'm doing this. First time, first time I'm trying this. So don't. I mean, it's gonna get awkward. I know. I think if we both do it, it's not weird. Yeah, I know. Okay, on three. Th thank three. you for having me, Sue. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Three, two, one.